everybody. Scotty Miles, Scott Miles, FranchiseCoach.com. Another episode of What's Your Know, Know Your Why, and All Things Considered Franchising. Well, I all hope you're having a great day. Uh, I don't know what time it is or when you're listening to this, but I have one of a one of my favorite people in the franchise industry. Someone who, uh, well, I have to be transparent, probably one of the first people I met when I started out in this industry, and I won't get into a lot, how long it's been, but a long time ago. And one of the people that I think um, that just has one, a great personality, fits well into the industry, uh, cares about franchising, but just connects well with prospects, her candidates, the brands that she works with, uh, somebody who has just been well-respected within the industry. It's just I think everybody in the industry knows Jamie Levine. So welcome, Jamie. Hello. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you so much. Those are such kind words. Like, I don't blush easily, but like, <laughs> you may have me blushing. So, man, we go way back, right? Yes. It's been a long time. And I won't say how long it's been. Yeah, unless I say I started when I was 15. So, I mean, I'm like, you and me now, both. Right? Yeah. It's funny when uh, when people ask me how long you've been doing this, I, I, I don't get into years anymore. I just say it just seems like a lifetime, but. Uh... <laughs> But, uh, (laughs) you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show is because not only because of your talent and experience in franchising, and I think it's going to be a great value, uh, you know, as people listen to this, hearing you talk about the industry, and of course, uh, Woofies, the brand that you're representing now, which is off to an awesome start, just really has taken all, (laughs) has really (laughs) taken all of the uh, attributes of a uh, pet uh, pet concept and just kind of put it into one, uh, one, one great company. So we'll get into that in a second. But what I wanted to tap in with you first initially is um, people who are interested in franchising or uh, diversifying a portfolio, they may own an independent business and looking to diversify. Now they want to go to a franchising for a number of reasons or people who already own a franchise that are looking to diversify. And of course, more importantly, those first timers, the people that are, you know, whether look, they've been displaced, they're exiting corporate America, uh, they're just fed up, whatever it may be. So when we talk about somebody in that in those categories that you know wants to get into a franchise, and you talk to a lot of people. I mean, you've been in development yes. for a long time, and you know, uh, look, I, I I think within the first half hour of talking to somebody, I think you could pretty much determine whether it, yes. it's going to work or not going to work. So and again, Absolutely. so what are some of the things that you're hearing uh, with your prospects, candidates about franchising? You're seeing that the strong attributes are that make will make someone successful in a in a franchise business. Just let's talk about that for a few minutes before we get into woofies. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great topic. And I was actually just having this exact conversation with a candidate last night, actually. You know, um, when I first meet a candidate for the first time, there's several things that I'm looking for. And I'm not interested in talking about the brand at all on the first call. It's really just getting to know that person, what their experiences are from a professional perspective, what's their why, um, why timing, why this industry, not specifically the brand or anything, what's their goals, what are they trying to accomplish? And how they answer those questions or tell me about themselves, really, I like, I'm like, yep, they got it or they don't got it. And I know where, how far we're going to go in this process. 
Um, so I'm looking for passion. Of course, they need to have a, a true passion of wanting to be in business for themselves and wanting to be in that particular industry. Um, so of course, with Woofies, we're looking for passionate people of, for animals, right? But when I was with Home Watch Caregivers, it needed to be a passion for community and people, right? Um, so I, I truly believe you need to have some passion to be successful, unless you are this like uber entrepreneur that really has a complete system in place from an operational perspective. And, and that does actually definitely work. I've seen it work when I worked for mining key and awarded people with, you know, that had multiple Dunkin' Donuts and stuff like that. So I do think that works, but overall, when people are new to franchising, new to business ownership, they need that passion. I look for, are they entrepreneurial or too entrepreneurial, right? right. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, there's people <laughs> that, are, you know, they've started their own companies and they're like, they're going to want too much control. And franchising is a balance of that, right? Franchising is about providing resources to these potential franchisees to help them succeed. And it's a all ships rise, right? You know, the, the franchisor is just as invested in that franchisee as the franchisee is in their business. But sometimes if you're too entrepreneurial, they think they know it all and they can do yes, it better. Absolutely. And, and I've seen that so many times where I'm like, and I straight up, I'm just, you know, me, Scott, I don't sugarcoat anything. And That's I right. just, you're a straight shooter. I, you're, you're, I you're, just say, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm enjoying this conversation, but I think you might be too entrepreneurial. And it's almost like that whole taking away the candy away from a baby. And then they're like, they're like, no, 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 that's not true. And I was like, okay, well, how would you feel if, if the franchisor says you have to do this, but you don't want to do it that way? Oh, I wouldn't like that. Well, there you go. And, you know, I give some examples and, <laughs> right, and right, we try absolutely. to, you know, flush that situation out. But um, I also look for those skill sets that I think will work in the model of the brand that I'm working in, right? With with Woofies, it's a logistics company more than anything. So do they have that kind of engineering operational mind that will help with that logistics side? Um, do they like people and dogs and community? And, and so it's just like check marks and boxes. And if they don't have those skill sets, do I feel like they have the ability to manage somebody who has those skill sets, right? So I, I'm in my head just kind of checking some boxes and, right. and stuff. No, like that. That, that, those are great answers. You know, um, and it's funny you brought up the conversation you had last night. I was talking to somebody earlier this week and we, we got into the word passion. And it's funny because typically I'm the one asking the questions and, you know, occasionally they'll ask questions. And this particular client asked me, well, what do you mean by passion? You know, what's your definition of having passion for the industry or being an entrepreneur? And I said, well, look, I said, um, I look at it this way. You're currently employed and you're looking to exit. So do you like one? And the example you use, do you like when somebody, your superior or a direct report tells you what you should do or how you should do it versus coming up with your own way? and or following a system based on what the book is. I said, passion isn't about jumping out of bed every day and feeling excited about going to work because you're not going to have those days all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you talk about passion, is, is it the passion to be more, to be successful and independent and kind of build it with a foundation? 
or you're not talking about the passion of being like I just said, jumping out of bed and saying, Woo, woofies, I'm going to woofies today. I mean, we're not I talking about dog to lick my face. <laughs> right. We're not talking about that, right? We're just talking about that passion to be successful and to follow a proven system, correct? Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, you've got to think, I, I often encourage my candidates, especially when they get cold feet, because we all know that happens. I ask them if they want me to buy them some heated socks. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I encourage them to write a mission statement, you know, so I want you to write down your why. Why did you start wanting to consider your own business to begin with? Write that why down. Now write a mission statement of when you do start your own business and it's not related to specifically any brand, just what's your mission statement for your business? You know, is it about serving people? Is it mission driven? Is it to be able to create your own nice work-life balance and, you know, go summer on an island somewhere, you know, whatever, what is your why? What is your mission statement? And then exactly. when you're looking at each brand, write down all the skill sets that that brand requires and check off how many you can do. And then the ones that aren't checked say, can you hire somebody and manage that person? Um, but that's the passion is, you know, what, what do you want to do for the rest right. of your life when you grow up, you know? And right. um, yeah, so I, I'm totally aligned with you. It's, yeah, it's more I, about yeah. passion yep. for investing in yourself as opposed to somebody else. Yep. Yep. I mean, I talk a lot with my clients about what's your end game. You know, where are you looking to get to? And people say, well, what do you mean? I go, well, look, you know, you open a business. What are you striving for? What, what's your end game? I mean, there's yeah. got to be an end game. I mean, you know, uh, in sports, the end game is we want to win the game. We, we come up with a plan to win the game. You're not planning to win the Super Bowl. You're taking it one game at a time. Uh, eventually you start planning to win the Super Bowl. But so a, a lot of people get they get a little bit surprised about that. So yeah, tell exit me a little strategy and exit strategy and succession planning is something they need to think about right away. Yes. And that's part of my process. Yeah. But do people do they freak out like, I haven't even bought a business yet. Why are you asking me about without talking about that? <laughs> well, because that's important. <laughs> right, right. Um, tying in your experience in the brands that you've worked with starting out in the industry, I know you were involved in a lot of reviewing uh, uh, franchise systems uh, uh, lead generation, sort of things like that. But, um, and you've been very successful in what you've done. And you Thank were you. very successful in your prior brand, uh, kind of helping them get on the map, building it, taking it to the next level. And now you're faced with what I would call that next, you know, chapter where you're doing the same thing. You're, you're, you're taking a, a brand that has been successful at a smaller level and now looking it to take it to that, you know, next level. I guess that's the best way. Tell me about Woofies. Tell me what's exciting about it, what you're seeing it. I mean, look, I always tell my clients the pet industry is a remarkable industry to be in because it's recession resistant. It's technology resistant in most cases. Uh, you know, you could go through the stats, but, you know, but there has to be, as you and I just talked about, that passion <laughs> to be in the industry. It is a business, but you know, like anything else, if you don't like mowing lawns or taking care of the garden, you probably shouldn't get into a, a, a an outdoor landscaping company as a franchise. So tell me about Woofies, what you're seeing, uh, how the brand is doing in, in, in your early development with the company. I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I was with home watch caregivers for over five years and I had a passion for that brand. So you talk about passion. Like I also feel like I have to have a passion for the brand I work for. Right. Yeah. And so with home watch caregivers, my first job when I was a kid was at a nursing home and I was somebody's caregiver. Um, so you taking that, it, working with that brand was, was so amazing. Um, and it's still my baby. It was, uh, it was bittersweet to leave, but when authority brands brought on woofies, I was like, please, Please let me be on this brand because <laughs> I have a lot of dogs, Scott, and you're probably going to hear them bark at some point, you know, currently three, but at one point I had five. Um, and it's only a matter of time before I get to six, like it's going to happen. <laughs> um, so, so with Woofies, it was so much, I really wanted to be on the brand because I love the industry. I am a huge animal lover. And I, I think it's important to have passion for animals because at the end of the day, dogs are going to be all over you all the time. You're going to be surrounded by dogs. And if you don't like pet hair, if you don't like them jumping on you and kissing your face, this is probably not going to work for you. And so that's where that passion piece comes in, right? They don't necessarily have to have dogs or anything like that, but they need to, they need to be understanding that they're going to be around dogs and cats and other animals all the time. Um, so with Whoopies, what's also really exciting about it, well, for me, it was awesome and exciting to like take this challenge of taking this little small baby puppy, puppy, and, and help it train it and grow it to, you know, a, an adult male or adult, right. uh, you know, female dog. And uh, I love that challenge I, and I hadn't done it before. And uh, so I was really excited to get in there and I'm ADHD, as you know, so <laughs> it's like, this is perfect for me. Um, I immediately bonded with the brand leaders. Like I was, I met them for the first time and I was like, where have you people been my whole life? Like, I felt like I was instantly connected. Like we've been long lost soul sisters. So that was great for me, for my culture and what I was looking for. But this is a brand that takes multiple you know, revenue streams that the other industry um, competitors are doing just one and puts them into one package, right? So instead of having to buy multiple different brands to do these revenue streams, you can get one. Um, so it's six revenue streams, dog walking, pet sitting. And I like to explain pet sitting because people just think that's boarding, which it's not. Pet right. sitting is where the pet sitter either goes into the client's home or the pets go to the pet sitter's home, which we call bed and biscuit. There's the dog. <laughs> and I have no idea what they're barking at. Probably a wild turkey. Guys, hush. Um, <laughs> we have, I live in the woods, Scott, on 31 yep, acres in Northern New Hampshire, in, yep. hence the, the woolly cap here. Um, so pet sittings in the client's home or at the dog's, uh, pet sitter's home. And it's all animals, dogs, cats, bearded dragons, birds, goats, chickens, you know, people need their chickens <laughs> fed when they go I on vacation. It. Oh yeah. That is like a super popular pet right now. Um, then of course there's the mobile grooming, um, and mobile grooming hence, you know, versus retail is, is just so much better because in a retail environment, you can only put so many, you know, uh, dog grooming stations. And so you're going to cap out but with mobile grooming it is so incredibly scalable. Same with the dog walking, pet sitting, but you want more grooming, uh, revenue. 
put another van in. You want another one, right. put another van and you just keep growing it. And, and people prefer this because they don't, they'll, they'll trade time for money, right? They don't have right. to bring their dog to the retail location. They don't have to stress their dog out that stays in a kennel and stuff like that. And then have to go back and pick them back up. They don't even have to be home. You just have a lockbox, and the, you know, the groomer can go and grab the dog and the dog creates a relationship with the same groomer over and over again. So it's a whole different experience. Plus you get to charge way more. I mean, come on. Um, then we also do pet transport. So think of elderly people that need help bringing the animals to the vet. Um, we do community events. We're very much a community infused business. Um, so these are events to either make money or raise money, right? Um, so my favorite one is called Yappy Hour, where you partner yeah, with yeah. like, yeah, Yappy <laughs> Hour. Think of partnering with a dog-friendly bar, right? Or brewery or something. And people bring their dogs down and you you have, uh, you, you do brush outs, you know, de-shedding, nail right. trim, ear cleaning, teeth cleaning. They go in and have to have some margaritas. They come out and they're a little tipsy and they're like, <laughs> oh, and we're, and we're like, oh, your dog picked out a toy. You should buy it, you know? And so you sell some retail product like uh, like Whoopi's hats and, and uh, dog toys and leashes and, and stuff like that. So those are the six revenue streams. Another community event that I really love is, you know, to raise money and give back. Right. Um, so paws yep. and claws. Pause and claws. This is you hire a pet photographer that sets up a beautiful backdrop with Santa Claus and people come and get their picture, their dog's picture taken with Santa. I mean, it's just wow, dogs are dogs and cats are just like animals, just like children. Wow. These people want pictures with Santa Claus and their dog. And they pay for that, you know, 50 plus dollars. And you can either keep that money but we encourage you to donate it and, and give it back to the community, you know, with a rescue or a shelter. And there's lots of other ways to, to do that as well. Um, since authority brands purchased Whoopies, they are highly invested. This is the first time authority brands has invested into a micro emerging brand. So they are very, very uh, invested in this brand succeeding. Yeah, yeah no, and they have some great brands. What is it that you're seeing when you're talking to people, uh, you know, potential uh, franchisees as you start these conversations. Are there anything, uh, commonalities between the people that you're talking, forgetting about the love of pets? I mean, obviously we talked yeah. about that, that passion, but is there a background? You're seeing people coming out of corporate America. Is it the person that, uh, you know, had previously been working in retail and, uh, you know, now is thinking or been in the industry, the pet industry before? Are there any commonalities about people that, become very interested and then become franchisees. And then the other side of that is, is there anything that you're seeing that doesn't work? You know, we talked about not having the passion, but excluding that, not having a certain qualification or coming out of a certain category where it just won't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've so we started awarding franchises with authority brands once we got our new FDD in April, basically. And so what I've seen in the last six months is two major distinctions. Well, maybe a little more than two, but two ones that are extremely prominent. Um, one is family friendly. And so these are, you know, kind of in two branches. One that is they want to bring their adult children into the business and right. run it as a family business because they see this appealing to a mass, the masses of their family with their adult children. Um, especially, you know, adult children right now are 
are they um, millennials or what are they? I mean, you know, they're not, no, they're the next one generation down. They really, that generation really has like this real passion piece to it. And so it really works well. The other one is um, families that have young children, but still want to start their own business, but they really need that work-life balance. So um, one of our new franchisees, Anna Hall, she has two young children and she needed to be able to work from home every day to still have, take care of her children. Right. And so this works perfectly for that. And two of our new franchisees are doing this family thing that I was just referencing. The other major bucket is engineers and IT and operation uh, IT people, engineers and IT and some operational people. And I love it because that's this business is a logistics business at the end right. of the day. There's two pieces Plotting to it. the schedule out. Exactly. The efficiency of your vans and using our technology for that is going to de determine how much money per van revenue wise you make. And so I love those engineer minds. They get right. it. And when they see the technology, they're like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so those are the two major buckets that I'm seeing. Um, but I, I believe that, you know, any of those corporate America people, we do allow people to be semi-absentee so they can manage their manager. Um, right. So we do allow that. Um, but what I don't want to see is somebody that doesn't have enough money. You know, I've absolutely right. have yeah, run into a that one. a yep. few times. Yeah. They are so hungry and they want it so bad. And I can feel it coming through the screen when I'm talking to them, but they don't have enough money. And that is something I learned about a long time ago is exactly. don't make exceptions on money because they unfortunately will likely fail. The odds are incredibly high because even though they probably have enough money, when they start running out, they freak out and yep. then they do stupid things like stop yeah. marketing or stop and this and try to try to save money and that's the to the detriment so that is what it's going to be really important people to truly understand especially if they decide to be semi-absentee because they're afraid to leave their job and stuff like how much money do you really need you know and item seven is just a starting point right right i I truly believe in saying, hey, this is just a starting point. Times that three months working capital by four, do it for a year. If you're going to be semi-absentee, add an extra, you know, 60 to $100,000 on top of that. And they were like, what? And I'm like, you got to think yeah, about plan, it. Plan big. And if you have anything left over and you don't use it, just put it back in your pocket or into the business. No, you're absolutely exactly. right. I think exactly. under being underfunded is is you know, that's a great point. I mean, uh, you know, being underfunded will catch up to you pretty quickly. It, it goes by those first 90 days, 120 days, just as the process takes 90 to 120 days, 60 to 90 somewhere. And then let's just say 60 to 120. And that goes by pretty quick when you have to make that decision, when the brand makes its decision. And they, of course, the person interested in the franchise has to make a decision. But when you're open the first 90 days, those that that goes pretty quick. And, uh, it does. And we want to be responsible. Yep. You know, I, I, that's one of the reasons I love working for authority brands is they believe in responsible growth. And so we're not going to sell 10 territories to a person, you know, we're only going up to three territories. And even then it's like, we're going to yep. be really stingy about that. It has to be the right fit that you've got to be financially um, and I would rather turn somebody down, which sounds weird to say to a micro emerging brand, like emerging brands are supposed to take everybody, right? Nah, I want to sleep at night. And so right. I will turn somebody down because it's not the right fit. And, uh, and so, and that doesn't always win me, um, you know, the, the, the vote of the, you know, 
favorite person award, but that's okay. I'd rather right. um, be yep. very honest and upfront. Let's change the su subject real quick because we're running out of uh, we're running out of some time here, and um, I, I I appreciate the information on Woofies, and I'll I'll give the opportunity for you to men you know give out your contact information, how people can get a hold of you uh, directly if they want instead of calling me to get in touch with you, so we can work that out. But you know the the franchising industry, franchising has been around for a long time. I mean, you know, it all started back you know with Tom Carvel and and, and everything mm -hmm. else, and and. There, there are stereo sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and there are license agreements, you know, I mean, look, you know, if I had a, if I had a dollar for everyone who called me up and said, can you get me a Starbucks or a, uh, you know, a Chipotle's, I'd probably be, you know, sitting on the beach right now. Um, <laughs> and those aren't franchises and Chick-fil-A isn't a franchise. It's a license agreement. You know, you're, you're, you're paying. And again, everybody has to fit to where they want to belong. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and be comfortable. But the franchising industry has had some stereotypes over the years. It's weaved its way in and out of certain um, economic times, uh, but it has remained strong. Um, you know, where do you see the industry today? And do you think it's going, and I believe it will remain strong. I think it's going to be re remain a player and become a bigger player uh, especially as, uh, as things change and evolve, but do you see the industry being still strong and, and that it's definitely something that people should consider? I do. I mean, I, I think COVID proved that actually, right. right. COVID proved that, um, you know, during COVID I, there's a, there's a, a stat out there and I, I, and I'm going to say it, but it's probably a little outdated, but I doubt it's very different that after five years in business, that only 20% of independents are still in Correct. business, but 90% right of franchisees are still in business. Holy cow. That's huge. But now you look at COVID and the independents were on an Island by themselves right? They had no resources, nobody to help them and, and, and help them with PPE and with other resources and, and support. But franchises did, you know, HomeWatch Caregivers was this giant, you know, they all got on the yacht together and supported each other and they stayed afloat, right? And even with some of our other brands and authority brands that did have to have some temporary closures, they all banded it together. Authority brands banned it with them. And now they're pretty much right. every single one of them are back open and thriving again. And now, and now I'm, I'm speaking of the cleaning authority. Now the cleaning authority is number one in their space after COVID. They weren't number one before <laughs> COVID. Now they're no, number one. Yep. You see where I'm going with this? And, and I, I think um, franchising is just getting stronger and stronger. And I think that has a lot to do with more people being more responsible. Um, the FTC is comes in and is tightening things up to make sure it's more fair for everybody. Yep. Um, and that sometimes can be irritating for us as well. Uh, but I, I absolutely think franchising is here to stay and it's just going to get better and better and more people are recognizing that. Uh, and, you know, think about how many franchisors are out there. It's like over 4,000 yep. brands. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, right? it's endless. And not all of them, and not all of them are great ones. And again, there's the due no. diligence, <laughs> the validation, you want to be careful. And yes. that's why talking to people within the industry that have experience like yourself and, you know, uh, same level of experience for me, but have their ears and eyes glued to the industry can kind of, you know, and not that we would throw anybody under the bus, but there are certain things you want to stay away from. Uh, you know, 100 I, I tell people that I talk to that, you know, 
you know, they say, well, why a franchise when I can do this myself? I said, look, if you're the type of person that wants to wake up in the morning and either change your front sign or decide to serve soup and make your own soup, then you're right. Franchising probably isn't for you. Um, but, you know, uh, or they say, well, I don't want to pay royalties. I said, well, you know, in essence, if you own your own business and independent, you are still paying royalties. No, I'm not. Yes. I said, yes, you are. I said, because there's a certain amount of money that has to go back into your business. And that mm -hmm. is your royalty that you're paying the business. It's not going into your pocket. It's going into the business. So when exactly. you pay a royalty or a franchise or you're paying for them to develop the systems and have them be able to generate income. <laughs> so, and give you resources. I had that right. exact conversation last it's night. Funny. You know, why yep. should I, why, why wouldn't I do this on your own? You could do this on your own. Absolutely. You could do this on, it's not rocket science, but at the end of the day, I can argue you will spend as much, if not more as an independent than you will with as a franchisee, because we've already created the wheel. We already have all the systems in place and we have these resources and buying power and the technology and all this stuff. You're going to have to do all that on your own. And it's going to cost you money. So what's right. more important, your time or your money? How much is your time worth, right? right. And, and I have this silly Absolutely. analogy. Silly analogy. You're in, with a franchise. You're investing in a franchise. It's like a short-term marriage with a better exit strategy. And you want to <laughs> <laughs> you want to use that line. I got to use right? that line. I, I have a whole analogy that goes along <laughs> with that. I won't get into all the details, but bottom line is, is you want to love the people you're marrying, the family you're marrying, because we're not just marrying our spouses. Let's face it. You're right. marrying the family and you want to love the family you're marrying. So that goes back to your concept of the due diligence. But yeah, we're on the yeah, same. Yeah, you know, my father uh, taught that, taught, uh, mentioned, same analogy my father taught me many, many moons ago. He says, look, he says, get married. He says, but you know, you're, you, even if it didn't work out, you're married for life. And I said, what do you mean I'm married for life? Well, you know, if there's kids or other family, I mean, you're all connected. <laughs> yeah. You're not exactly. going anywhere. So unless you don't have kids, then yes. you could maybe escape if you don't have to pay alimony, right. but that is going to, you're not going to escape for free. That's for sure. Right. Um, but with the franchising, they have a great exit strategy. They can sell their business. And, right. Um, yeah. People don't so realize that, that it, it, you know, a lot of people think that a franchise is not an independent business. It is an independent business because oh, if yeah, you want to totally. wake up one morning and sell it or somebody says, I want to buy it from you. Well, guess what? As long as the franchise or the brand says, OK, and they go through the same yep. process that you went for, it's a win win for everybody. So it's, exactly. Uh, 100%. Well, Jamie, agree. I have <laughs> really enjoyed this conversation. I'd like you to maybe take a minute just to let people know the best way to get in contact with you to learn more about Woofies. Um, obviously they can reach out to me at this point, but, uh, if you could just yeah. point us, point us in the direction. I think everybody great. should just reach out to Scotty because he is a rock star in franchising and he oh, has thanks. your best, you have your, you have your Canada's best interests at heart and you're so knowledgeable. So I think people should literally just reach out to you to connect with me. But they can go to ownawoofies.com. Um, Woofies is W-O-O-F-I-E-S. Um, or they can contact me, Jamie Levine. Um, uh, my email is kind of hard if you don't know how the French spelling of Levine, J Levine, L-A-V-I-G-N-E at authoritybrandsllc.com. See how long that is? Just call Scotty. <laughs> Scotty will introduce us. <laughs> well, this has been Welcome. a great... 
I, I, I'm looking forward to having you back on somewhere down the road, you know, sooner rather than later, Jamie. It's always exciting. You know, maybe we'll get into some other topics about entrepreneurship, but uh, it's been yeah, a great- Yeah, I could be a co-host with you. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> look, we, we've had some fun times in this industry and that's the beauty of the franchising industry. It's, it's an industry that's supported by everybody. I mean, there, yes, there are a few bad apples, but you know what? Those few bad apples don't spoil the, uh, the tree. Uh, they, they no, haven't taken no. And, that, and that's in every industry. Yes. I have- so many big brothers and sisters in this industry and that's what we just become family that's great right. well everybody thank you for spending some time with scotty milas here scott milas franchisecoach.com uh, what's your know know your why and all things considered franchising uh, you can reach me at scott at scott milas franchisecoach.com or just go to my website scott milas franchisecoach.com and check out my phone number and give me a call my number is always open well i shouldn't say always open but Give me a call. I do still call talk me, on the phone. <laughs> I still talk <laughs> on the phone. So this is Scotty Milas saying uh, so long for now until the next time and uh, enjoy your day and have a, uh, and, and, and whatever you decide to do, make sure it's the right decision for you and your family. Give me a call.